0: Well, welcome Nat to the podcast.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Pete.
0: Oh man, I gotta tell you, is it is it the beginning of February or what? Uh, What it's gonna be a high of three degrees or something like this Sunday? We got so Super Bowl Sunday, we got uh, the big game. It's gonna be a high of what three degrees or something like that. I'm looking
1: looking forward to it. You know what I always say, right? No No, no saying (laughs)
0: it? No such thing as bad weather, just bad gear. <laughs> well, I'm from Minnesota, so I agree with that 100, percent right? We it just it didn't ever slow us down. So, so you were probably up at the crack of dawn shoveling this morning because we got snow last night. Yeah, I was out there at uh, 6 a.m. So, slept in a little bit. Ah, oh, all right, all right. So, not bad. So, I, I still haven't figured out how to get my kids to uh, snow blow yet.
1: Yeah, that's um, my 16-year-old. He thinks snow blowing is cool because I just let him snowblow now. So he was like, dad, dad, can I do the snowblower? I'm like, oh, well, okay, if you're really careful.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's good. I, I never quite instilled that with my kids. So I I made a mistake somewhere. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. it all works out. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of working out, uh, one of the things that I uh, thought we'd talk about today is the 10 common mistakes people make when they invest in a franchise. So kind of when they start out, what do you think? Good topic for us to talk about today?
1: Yeah, I think I probably could have written that book.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. We, we, you learn the hard way, right? So from that standpoint. So when you think about back when you bought your Comfort Keepers franchise, right? Name one of the mistakes you made a, as a new franchisee.
1: Um, you know, I think the one thing that comes to my mind, even though ironically, I, I, I was aware that I'm writing this big check, right, for a proven franchise system. But I think one of my biggest things was kind of trying to reinvent the wheel, or just you know testing, or like trying to do things different ways. When re- like realistically, you're literally paying for a proven uh, sales and marketing system and a you know proven uh, product or service, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel, which is kind of the the beautiful thing. So for me, you know, really just reinventing the wheel or kind of wasting my time doing some of that.
0: was Yeah. So not leveraging the resources. Like if they had a brochure, you go create your own brochure, opposed to using their brochure, something like that. Yeah. Instead of like talking to people and generating sales, you know, screwing
1: around, generate, you know, figuring out a brochure. And also, you know, you're paying for that, whether it's, you know, three, that, those things can be like three to $10,000, which is, you know, insane. Yeah, and it's like, well, they have a brochure that hundreds of locations use successfully. So I don't, you know, in hindsight, I wouldn't. Have, all I would do is just sell, sales, sales, sales. Talk to people, business yeah.
0: development, yeah, and, and use the tools that are already there. Okay, well, so let's talk about that, right? So I think a, another mistake people make is they invest in a franchise, but they don't follow the system, right? Totally. So- you get really smart people that they invest in franchises and they think they know better than the system. And bottom line is you're investing in it for a purpose. They've already figured out, you know what the product or service is, who the customer is, where to find that customer. And it's like the people to hire. Um, you know, I interviewed an executive, he had invested in a window washing franchise and he got going and he, he was terrible at it. And the project there contacted him and said, what are you doing? You know." And he goes, hey, listen, I know business. I've run divisions of companies. And they said, we understand, you know, business. Just follow the system and you'll be successful. Starts following the system and he's not like in the top 10% of the network. It's Exactly. Great. It's really, franchising is an
1: implementation game. It's not really a invent, you know, invent or be creative. I try to cover that early, early with my candidates that, you know, come from corporate. You know, if it's important to them to, that their business is a creative outlet and, you know, they can, come up with the logo and, you know, they want to be able to offer different products and services and, and all that, I, you know, I'll tell them point, point blank, you know, franchising might not be the best for you because
0: franchising is really an implementation game all day long. Yeah, and I think as long as you follow the system, you can always make it better. I mean, I think of my buddy that owns the Swan Suite concept, right? He noticed that a lot of the people leasing the spaces were taking their towels home every night and washing them dry and and bringing them back. And so he went out and bought a bunch of towels, hired a towel masseuse and basically, you know, delivers the towels to him every day. And just as something extra, it's not part of the business model, but he made it better. Right. Yeah, totally. You know, I, I know another common mistake people make is that they they really don't leverage the support from the franchisor or the other franchisees because you got that whole network of other franchisees. And I, I think, of, for example, if your closing rate, you're going out there and doing estimates for something, and your closing rate is below the system's rates, you know, they don't go back to the franchisor and say, hey, listen, what do I got to do to increase it? What skills do I have to improve? Help me figure out how I improve my closing rates.
1: It's crazy to me. Yeah, the... Nice thing about franchising is your interests really are aligned because they want you to sell more because they're going to make more royalties. So they, you know, they'll literally, you know, a lot of times do whatever they possibly can to help you be successful.
0: But sometimes they don't know that you need help, right? Yeah, you got to raise your hand and stuff like that. And then you got that whole network of other franchisees that are out there. And you call your buddy that's a franchisee in a neighboring state and say, Hey, what are you guys doing to deal with this? And really kind of leveraging a whole infrastructure of other franchisees. Yeah, I know you're not very competitive, Pete.
1: So like if there happened to be like a uh, a group of uh, franchisees that kind of posted their numbers, I bet you wouldn't have to be number one, would you? Oh, well, you know, I I, I will do anything I can help others, but I, I certainly want to be the very best for sure. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's one thing I love about franchising, too, is because you can kind of benchmark against the other uh, locations. Right. Everybody's pretty much has the same uh territory, right? Um, based on, you know, whatever the demographics are. And so if you know, you're, you can be chasing the number one guy, and hopefully you get there right as the new guy. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, you and the nice thing is you've got a lot of data, right by comparison. So I, I think that's pretty cool. You know, I think another mistake people make is they hire the wrong key employees, you know, and I think that's true of any type of business, but especially with the franchising. Uh, if you pick the wrong people, that can be very painful. I am totally guilty of that too.
1: And that kind of in tandem with that, I've, I'm guilty of cheaping out. You know, you're like, oh, you know, like I, this is a new business, so I need to kind of save my dollars, right? And so I'm gonna hire the $36,000 person instead of the $50,000 person. And then three dollars people later, you're like, I should have just hired the damn $50,000 person. And I probably would have had twice the twice the revenues and a lot less heartache, you know, because it it takes so, so much time to onboard new people at, at the administrative level.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's wise to spend extra time picking the right person uh, from a standpoint, because it comes back in spades for you uh, when you pick the right person. Do you do any kind of um, personality assessment tests or anything
1: else? I like that? Definitely. That's one little trick I've learned over the over the years. And it doesn't really matter which which one you do? Uh, I do one called CVI. I don't even remember what that stands for at this point, but it kind of has four quadrants, and it helps you understand if somebody's more like entrepreneurial or if they're more like kind of um, like more detail oriented. You know, kind of where their strengths are. Yeah. Because then, as you're starting to hire, you know, two, three, four, five people, you know, at what you know, typically at the office level with senior care, you know, you have an, a small office team, and then you have all the caregivers, but For the office team i do the personality test because you want to make sure we are kind of complementing each other um that way you don't drive each other quite as crazy they talk a little bit about that in the book traction right about having the right compatibility amongst your team yeah i think that's the game game changer a lot of the corporate guys i work with i notice they're pretty good at team building and kind of like i don't know if they naturally kind of um figure that stuff out or they were taught it over the years at corporate but it the team is everything and There's also that concept of, you know, a lot of people are leaving corporate because they don't like it or, you know, they're having a rough time. They don't like the culture, whatever, whatever the reason. So with, when you're starting your own franchise, you actually have the opportunity to build something that you want to be a part of. And I don't think you can really underestimate that because, you know, all things being equal, why not hire people that you really enjoy hanging out with and working together? Um, Because at the end of the day, it's your business, right? So I think just building
0: that team that you want, you know, that you can win with is just a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think the other key thing is you can hire the right people. But the another mistake people make when they invest in a franchise starting out is they don't lead that team. Yes. And and you have to be a leader, you have to lead your business or mind your business.
1: Yeah, and the people also get like stuck, like doing all the day to day, and then they have a hard time delegating. Um, So I think kind of, you know, taking that step back and being a leader and working more um, on the business rather than always in the business is super, super helpful, too.
0: Yeah. So I think about like that whole idea of working on the business opposed to in the business. I, I think of a guy that essentially had gone and invested in a it was a junk removal franchise. Right. And he invests in this junk rule franchise. And I call him after a month. I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm on the truck. I'm learning the business. I said, I think that's awesome, right? You know, from a instance, I call him after two months. I said, what are you doing? He goes, I'm on the truck. And I said, what are you doing on the truck? You can pay somebody 12 bucks an hour to be on the truck. You need to be out there building the accounts, all that kind of stuff. So I certainly believe you got to really kind of focus on not getting caught up into doing whatever. I mean, I give everybody a, a copy of the book, E-Myth Revisited, because it has a great story about that gal that loved baking and she opened up a baker and she ended up doing every job and about killing herself.
1: Right. Yeah, the I mean the franchise is so good with the systems and the processes, you're able to train your employees to do the work. I think really your job is to spend, you know, time uh but you know, I think of franchising is hyper local, so I think, you know, spending time in the community, engaging the community and building those, you know, the, you know, uh relationships because ultimately that's where you're going to win is building those relationships and business accounts whether it's business to consumer business to business um and it's that's a lot of fun you know being involved a lot of the guys you know they were traveling 70 80 90% of the time it's like they actually sometimes don't even know you know who's in their community it's like a weird it's like a weird like what like you know my territory is
0: like this five mile radius. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's hyper local, and I learned that being the son of a Ford dealer and the grandson of a Ford dealer. And My dad taught me very early that you have to be involved in the community when you have a small business. It's it's the it's the cornerstone of a local business. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and whether it's being part of the Chamber of Commerce or, or doing other things, but you and you got to be shopping at the other businesses, right? At least when I grew up, my dad's like, hey, you, you're not going somewhere else. You got to shop where we have our business because we hope that they shop in our business.
1: Yeah, 100%. It is like kind of that small shop, small uh, type mentality, right?
0: Yeah. I think a little bit about uh, another mistake people make is they don't mind their business. We talk about leadership, but also minding the business. Uh, this one couple, they invested in a franchise, right? They get the business going, they're open for three weeks. And what do they do? They go to Europe for three weeks. <laughs> and they leave their business to their employees and access to their checking account. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine what happened, right?
1: That actually would probably, well, I don't yeah. even think that's a top 10 because I don't, hopefully not a lot of people like turn over the finances. But in my opinion, I don't i don't know if you ever turn the finances
0: over to employee yeah, well, that and you never turn over marketing, right? You never turn over your checkbook or, or kind of the marketing responsibility. I think that those are both keys. Yeah. I think
1: everybody's got a couple hours a week to do, you know, payroll or pay bills.
0: Yeah, um, or you can certainly hire somebody to do payroll if it's too much for you, right? That's it's pretty inexpensive to have payroll being done. I think most most franchises right now, like, uh, you know, with
1: I know in senior care, you can do your payroll in fifteen minutes because it's all automated. So it's just like click, 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 click.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy. I mean, we, we use uh, automated payroll, so I think it's pretty cool. What about this idea I- as we talk about it, one of the mistakes and I saw this when I was at Ford, like when guys would become a Ford dealer, that they just don't they don't have enough working capital. They start out with not a working enough working capital. Have you seen that a lot where people they just underestimate how much capital they need and that can be real trouble. If you run out of capital, you're dumb. Yeah. Uh, most People seem like they ultimately
1: find the money, but I think a safe rule of thumb is it's going to take you twice as long, and it's going to cost you twice as much as you think it's going to cost. Um, so if you stick with that rule of thumb, usually you know you'll definitely be in a little bit better position. I know you use you
0: like to say kind of keep some powder dry, right? You kind of have that concept. Yeah. No, and I think that's right. I mean, you, is, if you got extra capital, you just got you got flexibility, right? Once you get tight on capital, it, it's a pretty tough proposition
1: right yeah that you want to be properly capitalized and you know make sure that's why it's important you figure out what business is the right fit for you and and being properly capitalized in my
0: opinion is probably one of the top three things for for selecting a business in the first place yeah absolutely you know and I think one of the other things that you see when people start out is they try to grow too fast and they add infrastructure think of trucks or locations or people before they need it Right, so maybe I've got a junk rule franchise, and I got one truck, but I'm not fully. It's not the capacity yet, and I go get a second truck. I've got that cost, but I don't have enough volume to put through that truck. Right, so sometimes you can use your working capital uh, too fast from standpoint of building that growth before it's ready. I totally agree. I think um,
1: that made me think of something that can be a game changer for people. It's and it's really to pay yourself first. Um, so, you know, whatever, you know, you're going to build your pro forma, but make sure you put in there, you know, what you're going to pay yourself and your family. Um, I know people, you know, that never prioritize, you know, their own income. And ironically, they end up just working for everybody else. And it's like a pass through. So like you said, instead of, you know, be careful not to add capacity or trucks or things until you really need it. And another way to kind of safeguard against that is if you are paying yourself a good amount. Um, or taking profit sharing out of the out of the business, even early on, it helps, it kind of helps force you to figure it out basically. Um, because then, you know, there's not a, not a lot of extra money rolling around and you have to get sales, you know, more sales in order to add capacity Franchising, I love franchising because, you know, you get that, um, corporate so often. And, and plus with the, um, your peer group, you know, you'll have different spreadsheets and it's just like, so numbers oriented. And so, you know, okay, at this number of sales, you should have these, this employee, this employee. And then as you're, you know, it has all these mile markers and benchmarks. And I just, it would, I think, you know, if you follow that to the T,
0: you almost can't go wrong because it's, you know, proven time and time and time again. No, I think that's right. They put a system in place where you get to a certain amount of capacity that triggers ordering another truck or yeah. The person. But sometimes your ego gets in the way, right? You want that second truck. You want to be able to say, hey, I got two trucks. And, and so sometimes you can be uh, a little bit too much, uh, too soon. I, I do think that that is probably one of the top, top 10. So you have to be careful. Yeah, absolutely. So again, you kind of talked about not reinventing the wheel, leveraging those resources. So I think that's another one where people, they just, they spend money where they don't need to spend money, whether it's, uh, coming up with that brochure or, or, or things like that. I mean, I think that's, uh, that's a big deal. I have had a guy that
1: bought a, uh, Serta pro painters and I have so much respect for him. You know, a lot of guys would go out and buy like the $70,000 truck. Right. And put like, you know, the, the wrapper on it the and everything he was, I thought it was genius. He went and bought a, um, it was like a Jeep, Wrangler, and it was like 10 years old and wrapped it up. And it was like, you know, not even $5,000. And I'm like, that is, it's kind of like has this vintage vibe, right? It's, yeah. uh, but it's like, you know, talk about, because all that, all that upfront overhead, you know, kind of, you know, it takes you that much longer to get to, to break even in profitability. So I think being smart, squeezing the nickels, if you have a retail, like, you know, you don't have to do like the you know, the flagship, <laughs> you, can, you can go a little smaller, go a little cheaper, you know, and then just really make sure you're taking care. Like Jimmy John's, you know, Jimmy John's is so crazy. You go in there and they, they're like constantly cleaning and wiping down. Like, that's what I like, you know, small, keep it tight, keep it clean. Customers like it. Um, and you keep your overhead as low as possible.
0: Yeah. So franchising can be a great mechanism to become an entrepreneur, right? You follow the systems and process procedures. The key thing, though, is leveraging that and not trying to reinvent the wheel and doing the things you need to do, which is lead the business, drive, pick the right people, leverage the marketing. And I think a little bit about marketing, right? So one of the things that I think people make a mistake is that they launch their business, but they don't spend enough money to properly launch it, or they don't spend the launch budget they need to do, right? They try to cheap it a little bit. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes because you need that momentum. And anything you can do to drive that momentum early is huge. Totally. The um, When you're a hyper-local business,
1: a lot, a lot of your business is driven by referrals. So early on, like it's important to get as many customers as you can, because all those customers know other people. So, you know, it's like, you have to really hustle, 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 because it's kind of like that compound effect. Like if you can just, if you can accelerate at the beginning, that then starts to accelerate, you know, down in your future, because it's just a multiplier. Everybody knows somebody they're telling people about your, your business. Uh, You're getting reviews online and on and on and on. So it, momentum. I love momentum. The
0: big Mo. The big Mo. And you, have <laughs> you, I know you've created your own businesses. You've kind of come up with the ideas and launched businesses. Do you do you apply that when you're launching it? Do you kind of put a lot of extra powder? I mean, you literally drive it when you're starting out to get that momentum.
1: Yeah. I think you can either build it um, slow and painfully, or you can build it fast and painfully. And I kind of prefer the fast and painful because then you get the profitability a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. Just get it over with. Rip the band aid off. Yeah, just get going, right? Yeah.
0: Excellent. Well, I'm good Pedal to, to the metal. Yeah, pedal to the metal. Speaking of pedal to metal, I got to go snowblow. So, uh, okay. from, from my standpoint, I think uh, we've got some great stuff here today. So, thanks very much for sharing all your stories. All right. Well, have an awesome,
1: awesome rest of the day. All right. Thanks for listening to the Hire Yourself Podcast. For more resources, check out our website at hireyourself.com. And remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive each episode. Please leave us a rating and we'd love to hear your feedback or suggestions for topics.